I've been waiting for this day for a long time, John Sarasani, for a long time. You know, I got to say, I feel like every year somebody just appears out of nowhere and crushes social media. Like way back four or five years ago, I feel like it was Bob Mennery and then uh, Andrew Tate and then uh, even Sean Kelly last year, who's in the building right now in the other studio. And this year it's you. I feel like you just came out of nowhere. I'm sure you didn't. I know you've been probably grinding and posting, but like I feel like now you're on everybody's radar screen. How did you do this? Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know what's so fucking funny about it, though, bro? Take a look. Bob Mennery, Sean Kelly. Who did you also say? Andrew, Andrew Tate, Tate, right? And like, you got four different freaking verticals that, yeah. you, that you made a really good comparison of us for. No, no one's mixing me and Sean Kelly up. No, no, no one's like, wait, are you just, Sean Kelly? Right, but it's, just, it's just people that come out of nowhere yeah. and just they're yep. like... They're on your uh, on your explore page. You yeah, know? Man. like they just. It's yeah, just... man. I gotta tell you, man. So for the last couple of years, I had been doing just business advice, and yeah. it was sound business advice. And a nice little following, you know, five thousand grew to like twenty five thousand, thirty thousand. Um, but I did this one damn reel last spring when I was on vacation in Cabo San Lucas. Yeah. And I just fucking went off. I don't know what was in me, man, but I just fucking went off. And I said, what if I would have waited? What if I would have waited and just kept my job in corporate America and kept listening to everyone else tell me that I can't do this? What if I would have waited? I wouldn't be here right now. Yep. Shit. I thought places like this was, was re- reserved for Tom Cruise. Right. This fucking thing went viral that's the post i saw by dude, the way that's everyone 100 percent. that's the post i dude, saw and, and honestly i thought i was just being a fucking idiot i'm literally it, it was kind of a moment for me though i will say i had a big a nice ass place in 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 cabo i had my friends from chicago there a couple of my friends from la three years earlier dude i'm just some dude out there with a little insurance company just grinding away and now here I am. It kind of like hit me. I got my good friends. I got my old friends. I got my new friends. A couple of them you would know the names of. They were kind of like celebrity status types of people. Yeah. And it just kind of hit me. I woke up earlier that morning. Everyone else was still asleep. <laughs> and I just fucking started talking into the thing from my hot tub. Yeah. And that fucker went viral, man. And I started getting DMs. People tell me how motivated I am. I go, dude, I, I thought I was kind of a fucking douchebag. I almost didn't post it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so because of that, because of that reaction, though, John, is, is I kind of kept going that direction. You listen to the views. Yeah. You listen to the fucking crowd. And uh, I kind of like became, a, I think, a character after that. Yeah. For, no, it's great stuff, man. And yeah. I love that you also don't just agree with all of the other popular people. Uh, content meaning like mm. someone posted something about or you posted something about uh when if you're buying a house um yeah. uh, and you're afraid of the the mortgage rates right um a lot of people just say oh don't worry about that go ahead and get the house and just refinance and then right. you did a post you were like don't bet on that <laughs> yep. because what if your house doesn't appraise properly at the time you want to refi and then you're fucked Exactly. And it's not just that industry. It's it's really any industry where I call people out on being full of shit. People will speak so matter of factly and it's like it's dogmatism. They'll, they'll, they'll state opinion as if it's fact. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that's fucking dogmatic behavior, bro. And once a person does that, man, I, I, I call them out. These, these mortgage brokers, man, you know, it was way worse fucking in 2007 they're a lot different now but they right. they're mortgage brokers they're not your financial advisor they cannot fucking guarantee you that you will be able to refinance and usually here's what's worse it's usually not the fucking mortgage broker it's usually the realtor right the realtor is the one saying that shit <laughs> <laughs> how the fuck would a realtor know you know what i mean 
They just want the sale. Exactly. Well, you yeah. know, it, or I mean, they might think they're right. They might think they're right. But, right. but it always amazes me when you got a, you know, a person that's, you know, maybe making $200,000 a year in white collar America and they're taking financial advice from a realtor that's maybe doing that job part time. You know what I mean? When you saw your exit, you could just be kicking back in places like Cabo and all these exotic yeah. places and chilling. Right. What is it that motivates you to now get on the mic and be a public figure? What what motivated you to do that? Because you're you open yourself up to obviously like in your comments, right. it's probably it's probably 80 20, 80 supportive and then there's 20% morons. It would be 50-50 uh, if I didn't delete half of them. <laughs> no, I um so I, I got a little bored. So I sold my company in 2015. And uh, but part of that deal was that I had an employment contract with the company that bought mine. I had to stick around for five years. Learned a lot in those five years. But the second half of that five-year period, it kind of became like dead man walking a little bit. Fuck, I got to be here still contractually. You know, it was just kind of like the pep in my step was fall, falling away. Um, then end of 2019, I finally left. And um, tried to do the retirement thing, tried to hang out on the beach, tried to do whatever. And I'm like, I got to get out there and do more, man. I, I can't, I can't, I'm, this isn't, I'm making, not making maybe the best decisions personally in life. And this isn't me. I got to be doing something. Yeah. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to start Glencrest Global. It's a venture capital firm. It's just, you see on my shirt here. And started getting involved in a lot of cool shit, man. And here I am. You know, all of a sudden rubbing elbows with like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Kevin Garnett and these like big athletes and stuff because we're involved in different companies. We're co-investing or I'm investing in their companies or they're just in the same circles as me now or whatever. I'm in the same circles as them, I should say. But what I started to really realize was that these athletes and entertainers, at least the ones I'm encountering, are, are just as excited to be around business people that have had success yeah as we are around them totally you, you know john you grew up in this environment so you yep. know but but I, I didn't right and I, I played football at notre dame so it's not like i'm some like freaking dork that's never been around anybody but at the same time here i am talking to zach efron for like six hours one night and he's amazed that i was retired in my early 40s you know what yeah. i mean i'm like dude you're fucking zach efron you know what i mean right well you start to get used to it after a while and you start to realize that the more and more celebrities you encounter the more interested they are in this shit. Now, I'm sure there's a good portion of them that don't give two fucks, especially athletes, about anything in the business world. But you know what? I don't. I'm not encountering them. Right. The circles I'm in are the ones that are business minded, and they're just happy to be there, like like I am. So, so you know, I, I, once I started telling people my story a little bit, I, I think they thought it was cool. Then I started doing podcasts and, and telling my story more and more. And I'm like, you know what? There's something freaking here. And then I started posting about it on social media. I love it. Yeah, man. Uh, the other day you posted that uh, clip from when you were in high school, uh, the blind kid. Yep. Um, that was really cool. Uh, you know, it was a, it was, a, you know, you, you. It was good to see that other side of you that we're not used to seeing. Right. Um, and and how cool like that you had a classmate that just happened to have the video, which was amazing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, the the. Uh... What, what what's really interesting is my core following the or people that have been around a while aren't, weren't surprised by that they they know right. they know who I am. It's these other people that are like, dude, are you on cocaine or steroids or, or both? You motherfucker, you know you're you're <laughs> you're pompous, you're arrogant. When really at the end of the day, when all my videos, all I'm trying to do is promote the fact that 
hey, open your eyes, put your hat on a swivel. This is my life because of one decision I made. Yeah. If I kept drinking the corporate Kool-Aid, yeah. I'd, I'd still be working. I, I certainly wouldn't be a guest on your podcast right now. You yeah. know what I mean? You and, don't and, have to be a worker bee. Exactly, bro. Right? You could just see things a little bit different. I, I kept doing the same exact job that I would have done for someone else. All I changed was doing it for me with myself on top of the orchard. That's the only thing I changed. Yeah. So to get that message across, like I said, what does people what do people gravitate towards on social media? Kind of being loud and yelling a little bit, and pe- it rubs people the wrong way. So when I turn around and post the thing about you know this blind kid at my school at my high school that uh, brought the house down when he got on the microphone. Yeah. People like, you know, the people that know me weren't surprised by it. The people that right. that uh, hate me were like, oh, they didn't know what to say. Like, oh, well, uh, how do I respond to this one? I don't know. <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, it's going to be hard to hate on this one. Well, because they, they, here's what they'll do, man. If I, I'll post stuff like given, I, I gave a custodian at O'Hare Airport one day. I came up to her and I posted it on social media with her permission. Gave her $500. Hey, I see you're doing a good job here. And hey, awesome. Keep rocking out. And she loved it and put a big smile. 90% of the comments, great. Right. The other ten percent, dude. Why are you posting on social media? Just do the shit. Right. Well, I'm post. I my answer is I'm posting it because I want to fucking have everyone pay it forward and see this shit and maybe be inspired by it. Right. That's why, asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not to show off, not to like get a right. new girlfriend. Right. You know, um, to remind um, people that they could do something at, at their own scale. Dude, you know, give ten dollars to someone, give twenty dollars to someone if you can. Whatever it is, like, isn't it amazing? Just, you do something positive on social media, and it's like, why are you putting it on social media? Then it's a little, right. a little nuts for me. But th- th- those ten percent that were making comments like that, <laughs> what did they have to say about footage from high school right. of me doing that with a blind kid? <laughs> well, like, uh, right. no, no answer here on that one. Yeah. You know, so those comments disappeared. <laughs> I didn't have to delete any on that one. Yeah. <laughs> If you do you have kids, I do. I have a 15 year old son and a 20 year old daughter. Is the 20 year old daughter in college? Yes. Yes. Do you recommend college? I'm curious, like what your thoughts are on college. At this point, that's the uh, $64,000 question, right, man? (laughs) Literally, $64,000 a year question. (laughs) Um, I didn't even do that. I didn't even do that on purpose. Um, It's a tough one, man. I think socially, it's good. Yeah. I think for my daughter particularly, and the verdict's still out on, on her, what she chooses to do, but but um, I think for her, it's important for her to be in college. Yeah. She doesn't really know what she wants to do, you know what I mean? Where you might yeah. have somebody else that has a bunch of initiative that kind of knows, hey, I want to start a business, and it could even be something like they're in, they're in the trades. Hey, I, I learned to be an electrician. I want to start this business. I'm going to become a union worker, and then I'm going to start my own my own company five years from now. Okay, I don't know if you need college for that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, I, but I think college is important for people that really have no clue what they want to do. It puts them in a better in a position with a heck of a, heck of a lot more options. Yeah. George, I'm curious what your thoughts are on college. Now, George is a no, I, teacher. Yeah, I, I, I'm a firm believer in what you just said, though. Like, yeah. there's some people that are so fucking lost. The, the ones that really kill yeah. me is, like, if you go through four years of college and you still have no fucking clue, like, how this game works. Right. Like, you really, you, you didn't hit the the main mark right and it happens a lot so yeah just go out a lot of people from europe go and give their kids just travel money and they say Mm -hmm. go see the world right you'll learn better that way than than socially especially than any college well i think certain countries in europe uh if not all of them look at it a lot differently than we look at it in the united states they'll they'll look at um you know they call it the university instead of the college because colleges are kind of like almost community college in the united states mm-hmm. so it's it's viewed a lot a lot differently um i don't know i i i think you know for for me 
it put me in a position to go to schools I wouldn't have gotten in otherwise because I was good at football. So I got to go to Northwestern University in Notre Dame. So I'm in the room now with a bunch of kids that are valedictorians at their high schools. You know what I mean? They're bringing yeah. different different elements to the table than had I, you know, maybe went to Illinois State University and played football there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, and that's my story, but I think no matter what you choose, you could find analogies like that. Were you planning on trying to go pro? That was the plan, man. That was the plan. I screwed up because uh, I shouldn't say I screwed up, but it's hard. I, yeah, I uh, I transferred to Northwestern and um, I didn't need to. I, I was starting at tight end at Notre, Notre Dame. Got a little bit of a off the field incident there, and just decided I thought it was BS what I got in trouble for, and I just said, "Oh, I'll show you Notre Dame. I'm gonna transfer." And I'm like, "Okay, buddy, bye." <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, Northwestern was very good at the time. They had just won the Big Ten back to back, and I had chose them over. I could have went anywhere. And um, anyway, the Nor Northwestern was good, but they did not have the depth that Notre Dame had or maybe an Ohio State had or maybe a Miami or UCLA back then would have had. And uh, me and another tight end were, the two, were both pretty good. Well, our starting fullback gets hurt. Our backup fullback wasn't ready to play. So they ended up moving me from tight end to, to fullback. Really? Well, I'm a six-foot-five, 270-pound yeah. fullback. Oh. And I and right. I shit you not. I, it was gonna sound like I'm making this up. When when is this gonna air? Probably a few weeks. Well, no. Well, I think we we should. Yeah, try this to will probably the next one. Yeah, let's yeah, get this, this up. Because uh, actually, we should talk about. Don't lose your train of thought. Okay. But, um, we should talk about your event and we uh, that's coming up uh, here in Vegas, and then we'll at least we'll clip that out and post that now and okay. get that going, even yeah. if it's pre episode. Awesome. Um. Uh. But you know, George has a brother who's playing football in college right now. Yeah. And George actually hosts Gridiron Junkies for us. He's oh, just, yeah. He just dude, as the engineer nice enough for me because uh, I like you yeah. here with me. Awesome. I just sense football guy energies from you. I was like, yeah, fuck, I'll engineer the show. You know, fuck it. Love it. Uh, Love it. Um, but yeah, no, dude, that's uh, it's it's insane to think of you as a fucking fullback. What, so what was the story you're leading to there? So literally last weekend or what is today? Monday or Tuesday? Two, literally two days ago, I hosted. I got the MC. This is when you know your social media is being popular. There was this big autograph and sports card memorabilia show at the Schomburg Convention Center. And they asked me to be the MC, walking around on the mic, introducing the different guys coming out. So one of the guys, Zach Thomas, just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Zach Thomas is the third linebacker in the history of Hall of Fame that's under six feet tall that got in okay <laughs> so me and zach started having a funny conversation he just made the same comment you made dude you're you were a fullback because i'm still a big dude he's like you played fullback so the the, the idea behind a fullback and a linebacker they, they got to go head to head running into each other for the iso block well it's all about leverage <laughs> well i'm six foot five guys like zach thomas are five foot eleven right now zach thomas was short for a linebacker but still they're like maybe six one six two and they've been doing it since they're eight years old i'm a senior in college and they're asking me to play fullback for the first freaking time because we had no depth at uh at that position so lo and behold i start dropping my head over time and uh don't ever drop your head in football that's how you end up getting hurt and uh Screwed myself, man. I screwed myself because I didn't have to play that senior year. I stayed the extra year. Um, I could have went to the NFL the year prior. But I think in the long run, buddy, not playing in the NFL might have worked out for me. Probably. You probably. Know? You know? Yeah. Because you know what, Ben, man? My whole story right now would have been, and in, in, in my whole life, it would have been like, oh, that's that former Dallas Cowboy. Hey, didn't you play two years on the Lions? Or, right. 
And I was just like, yeah. oh, I never played. Oh, you're a venture capitalist? Okay, cool. You yeah. know, what would you rather be at 40 years old? You know? Yeah, it's true. You know, I used to own a PR firm and I worked with a lot of um, athletes and I saw, you know, I'm, I worked with Marshall Falk, Warren Moon, mm. Marcus Allen, uh, you know, and on the baseball side, uh, you know, Cole Hamels, nice. um, Coco Crisp, Chris Benson, a bunch oh, of guys. Okay. And I saw guys, how people, how their own inner circle treats them when they're scoring touchdowns, hitting home runs, and throwing two-hit oh, yeah. shutouts. Oh, yeah. And then when they retire, mm -hmm. it's out of sight, out of mind. When you can't get the same tickets for them anymore, you don't have a <sighs> 7 to 10 million coming in every year, and you yep. can't help them with life crisis, uh, people move on. It's pretty interesting how, wow. you know, uh, not all of them, obviously. Some, some people are ride or die, for sure. Right. But it's funny how there's a lot of people that are in the inner circle that uh, – Change yeah. circles, you know. Yeah, that's, post career. That, that's interesting, man. That those those hanger honors, man. I uh, I've been looking at life myself a little bit differently from that perspective over the last couple of years. I I've always been a very inclusive person. And yeah, I, I try to bring people up as I've become more successful. Like, hey, maybe people I went to high school with or college with. Hey, man, you know, come on for the ride, or I'm inviting them to this party, or hey, you want to go to this event with me? And it's cool shit. And yeah. What I've really started to gather over the last few years is not everybody wants to be along for the ride, man. Yeah. You know, that's, hey, well, we appreciate it, man. But, you know, I'm married and, you know, this is a little much. We're, we're not trying to, happy for you. Right. We're not really trying to do this. And and then you find that select um, percentage that that's not only happy for you, they want to be along for it. Yep. And that's the person you want to gravitate towards with no, no animosity towards the people that don't. Sure. But it does create... Um, kind of a conflict you know what i mean yeah versus that whole other subgroup that only want to be there for the wrong reasons in the first right. place right you know? yeah i mean i grew up watching that also with my dad obviously like you know the, the people that uh are around when when he's having hit records and selling yeah. out stadiums and then uh yeah you know as as you the more years you are i don't want to say removed from the business because he still performs but yeah. you know you're not in the limelight like you were uh with with top 10 hits brother uh, just walking into your studio today i bump into like freaking four four <laughs> four crazy. you know we're walking to four people that are freaking like you know celebrity status and up and listen this is vegas okay you grew up in and you with your dad you guys are in la forget about it dude there's celebrities everywhere man yeah. i want you guys to come out to schomburg you, you walk down the street people will be stopping you <laughs> mugging you for autographs all right bro i had the pleasure of taking a uh, hall of fame linebacker mike singletary to uh to dinner saturday night wow. okay it took one person at one table to recognize that that's who was was with me yeah and then forget it now i'm a singletary didn't mind he was a very nice guy and stuff but the autographs lined up it didn't matter that we were at a fancy restaurant eating right. a steak dinner yeah there, there's not that same like coolness as you might find in la or like oh, oh hey, hey right. singletary shh shh no, in, in, yeah. in Schomburg, they'll be like, hey, they man, come. Yeah. I'm a mid-meal yeah. here, sir. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sign so. it while you're eating the soup. They don't care. Yeah. Exactly. In L.A., it's, like, too cool for school, though. Yeah. You, have you spent much time in L.A.? A lot, man. So um, during COVID, I decided that, uh, you know, I needed to put some pep in my step, man. So I, um, um, like I said, I, I finished my employment contract December of 2019, kind of went to the Bahamas, went to the Cabo a little bit, and... Just kind of kept my head on a swivel looking around Chicago, bro. And I'm like, you know what, dude? I um, I've saturated it a little bit. Um, not that, not that uh, there's not really good people there, but I've spent my whole business career there. I go for this next chapter. I need to put myself in different circles that I'm not in currently. So, being a venture capitalist, I started dabbling with different things in LA. And um, what I found was that 
those circles in LA start colliding yeah. very fast. And, and even if it's not the exact same people, these people know who these people are. And if you get a reputation for being credible, which I did, oh, that's that dude from Chicago that isn't full of shit. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, he's actually not lying like everybody else in LA. Yeah. You know, and, I, and it puts me in different circles fast, John. I, I got to tell you, man, it's, it's, um, you know, I got involved. I'm in an investment group I was asked to be in. We, we bought the fucking Newport Beach Marriott. That's I mean, amazing. Yeah, just <laughs> shit like that's not, the yeah. opportunities aren't flying around in Chicago. Right. I'm not saying you can't get in on deals like that, but you're not going to be friends yeah. with these people. I'm yeah. sitting in investment meetings and, oh, that family owns this pro team. That family owns that pro team. And I don't want to say their names, but it's like literally, literally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Billionaires. So now, so now you're in this room with billionaires. I'm not a billionaire. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Pretty well off, but but not but yeah. These opportunities wouldn't have presented themselves sure. had I not been in LA. So um when I, that's happening, do you find are you sitting there at some point in those meetings like, how the fuck did this happen? Like it's gotta cool. be so surreal, right? Yeah, like it, it really is, man. And and now now with my social media element, bro, on top of it, it's um it's putting me next level shit. So like I was invited to be, to get involved with a company called Cali water. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but, um, Vanessa Hudgens and Oliver, uh, Trevena are the, wow. are the founders and the fucking capitalization tables, like an all-star cast. It's like really? Aaron Rodgers, Dave Aoki, uh, yeah. Gerard Butler. Like, it's like all like yeah. celebrities. And then there's like me, like yeah. <laughs> how did that guy get out? That's awesome. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's so awesome. Like, hey, hey, man, pick yeah. me, pick me. But, uh, you know, it's cool. So anyway, I bought a place and, and this is another example of, uh, you know, the circles co- colliding. Um, I ended up buying a place in LA, um, as a second home. And it's in, it's in, you know, as a Chicago and you're like, Oh, I gotta be in Beverly Hills. Gotta be in Beverly Hills. Well, yeah. start looking at condos in Beverly Hills and it's like, all right, I get it. All right. West Hollywood has some high rises. that are full amenity pool yeah. on the roof. I ended up buying a high rise in West Hollywood. Oh, right, that's great. Right, yeah. Right on the edge of Beverly Hills. And LA people are like, duh, if Chicago people are like, why aren't you in Beverly Hills? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, but like, it is a great example, man. The, 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 the person that was my realtor was the, was on the t- same team as um, Tracy Tudor, who's on Million Dollar Listing, that yep. TV show. And it's like, okay, now I'm friends with Tracy from that process. And she happens to know these eight other people that I'm already also friends with from other. It's like yeah. circles find each other. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Sure. So I, I didn't go there necessarily trying to be like a climber, but I went there for opportunity. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting how it just kind of took care of itself. The deal flow that you have now because you put yourself out there has to be insane, um, like you just said, from the L.A. circles. But then there's got to be also deal flow coming to you just in your DMs. Do you even bother sifting through any of that? Because I'm sure a lot of it's just crap, but there might actually be some stuff that's valuable. What do you do with that stuff? People should have hit me up. When I first started doing this shit, because yeah. I was fucking, yes, oh, cool, great idea. Right. Here's a quarter million. Here's a half million. Here's 1.5 million. Uh, just get back to me. Let me know how it goes. What, what I didn't realize was that um, these people, especially in the L.A. people, it, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. How people are so full of shit in L.A. It's like, <laughs> dude, like, I, I didn't realize the reckless behavior of people. Right. And, and you get these entrepreneurs, especially in the tech kind of space, social media pop culture kind of space yeah 
that like think it's totally acceptable to lose somebody's 200 grand right. and they yeah. celebrate the raise as if it's profit yeah exactly dude right yeah dude oh we just yeah. raised fucking half a million john sarasani led, led the round with what the fuck okay are we gonna sell the company one day because that was the plan was, right. i thought we we're gonna sell this to google or right. meta and um the reckless behavior people have i just didn't really understand because they're not looking at it that way, dude. They're not, oftentimes, they're not sophisticated business people. Right. Um, they think that they have a great idea. And, and as I went into it, you know, kind of not really understanding that people are not sophisticated business people, that, that, that it seems so stupid now looking back. It's almost embarrassing for me to say. But I can't imagine a situation where I would raise money for people and I didn't have an executable plan that I was certainly capable of doing. Well, right. well in LA, these fucking people, just cause they know a couple of celebrities or they're at this party or that party and they don't realize, dude, I had somebody wants to tell me that, Oh, the minimum's just a million to get in. You could get it in a million. <laughs> the fuck are you just a million? Right. Dude. I, you know what I mean? Right. I know fucking celebrities like high up their kind of people that are worth a couple, a quarter billion, quarter billion right. that will throw in 25 grand into deals. Correct. Okay. So, right. so just a million, huh, buddy? Right. Okay. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they don't realize if those people get hit up by 30 to 40 people, you know, and they get hit by way more than that, and they put a million into all of that, they're down 40 mil. Dude, exactly. It's just a million. You, you can't. <laughs> the only time I'm putting a million plus into I, I put a million-ish over, actually, in a couple of deals that were early stage venture capital, not never... One of them might still work out. We'll, we'll see. Fingers are crossed. But um, the uh, and when you do that, you're betting on the jockey, or you're betting on the whole team. It's probably all of the above. Yeah, right? it's yeah. A, it's all of the above, dude. But I shouldn't have done it in the first place. It was early on when I didn't like what I'm saying. I didn't really yeah. realize my diligence process is so much different now. I feel like I was a little bit taking advantage of people. Um, I was doing it more for networking reasons than, right. than investment reasons, which is fine, but you do that for 25 or 50 grand. You don't do it for half a million right. dollars for that reason. And also what I found was like, okay, this one person, it's a gambling app. I, I gave her, she had success with another company she was involved in and it had a bunch of celebrity involvement. I thought, oh, this is a home run. And yeah, you know, I put 200 grand into it and it might still work out, but it's very unlikely the way it's been going. And, you know, it's just like, okay, never. And I just kind of look at myself, never in a million years would I have done that now. You right. know what I mean? Right. I, I think um, it's just stupid. It was just stupid. And my network that came from that, the expansion of my network would have came just as easily if I would have thrown 25 grand into that deal yeah. as 200. But it's also grand. easy to Monday morning quarterback all your decisions, right? Correct. And I think a, a little bit of my recklessness might pay off because there's a couple that no way in the world I would have put more than 25 grand in if no one, you know, right. uh, if, it, if it came to me now. Right. But like, let's just say they have a quarter million in them and yeah. uh, they might actually fucking work yeah. out. They actually might work out where it becomes like a 10, 20 Xer. Right. Right. So we, we have a chance. We have All a chance. Right. Um, I'll say, though, dude, like some of the better deals that I got involved with later, like, for instance, I already brought up the Newport Beach Marriott. Yeah. You know, I, it came a little bit later, but I was so, I don't know, my antennas were up now because of these venture capital deals I was in. I didn't maybe put as much in there as I would have. Still put a significant amount, and it's nice. Yeah. Um, another big one I'm in is, is uh, do you know what Discord is? Yeah, sure. Yeah, some involves early stage oh, Discord. wow. Yeah, exactly. Good for you. So that, that exactly. <laughs> well, so that'll just be that good one makes all those other it uh, losses okay, no? It, it does, but that's not the one I put a million dollars into. Right. It would have been nice okay. to put a million into it, but... 
Damn. But, but but think about when I got in, bro, early stage, they tell you about this thing called Discord, and it's like, it's right there with this one over here that, oh, we're going to monetize hashtags on Instagram and start this whole other thing where celebrities are going to monetize, and it's going to go through the sub app. Sounds fucking crazy, and it fucking right. was, and it went fucking to zero. Okay, lost all my fucking money. Well, think about that. Oh, we got this thing called Discord. Now I described Discord with you before you know what the fuck Discord right. is. right, right. Just as crazy, yeah. You know what I mean? They're yeah. actually doing it, so th that's the thing with early stage cap venture capital, like, especially when they're in spaces like that. Yeah, nineteen of them are going to fail. One of them's going to win, and you hope it goes huge. Uh, so the show is called Action Junkies, so it means we absolutely have to talk about blackjack. Okay. Uh, I love your posts when you're gambling. Yeah. Uh, you said something that you know I've been playing a lot with Dana, with Dana White. All right. Uh, lately, for the last few months now, pretty consistently, three, four times a week. Oh shit! Uh, as recent really? as last night. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll go tonight. We'll go okay. tonight after right. contender. Fuck. Um, I gotta get you in the contender tonight. We're gonna All make right. it happen. Nice. Um, and uh, you know he's he's real big on he doubles his money and he quits. Yeah. And you you put up a great post the other day. You were like, "Here's you know you you want to take a thousand dollars and turn it into ten thousand dollars? You're a loser yeah, for thinking yeah, like that." Yeah. You, you know, he's like, "You want to take a thousand dollars, turn it into thirteen hundred? You're a winner," which is basically what he's saying. <clears throat> it's even less uh, than than double your money. But you're yeah. both basically echoing the same thing, which is like, you go, don't go in there trying to break the bank. Right. Right. So what I'll do is, so Dana lives in Las Vegas, so he's got to look at it a little bit differently than than I do. I'll look at it as events, okay? So my trip to Vegas for the next three days is an event. I go to the Bahamas for five days, that's an event, okay? I go usually with a quarter million, all right? I wanna get up 50 grand. If I'm up 50 grand day one, you're gonna see me pull back my bets big time. I'm yeah. gonna make, and if I get lose down, and I'm all of a sudden I'm only up like 35 or 40, I'll probably just stop fucking playing. And they're not going to count me in my room or any of my fucking dinners or whatever. Fuck you. I'm still up 35 fucking grand. Right. Because nothing worse than coming back from the Bahamas down 200 grand. Right. You know what I mean? It's fucking sucked. The only yeah. thing worse than doing that in the Bahamas was doing it in Vegas. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, fuck. Um, so, so I'll go in and really just try to like get up a little bit. And, and I'll tell you what, the Mirage actually has me banned or they have me target. They put me as an advantage player. Because uh, I got invited to come to the Mirage, and I only gambled there once because Hard Rock now owns the Mirage. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm rated at Hard Rock, so they said, hey, next time you go to Vegas, go fucking check out the Mirage. All right, well, here's what I was doing. I would sit there and play for 15 minutes, get up like 14 grand, lose a couple of hands, stop. Well, I'll go back to my big fucking, they have big like, mansions. They yeah. got the villas. They're yeah, fucking yeah, the villas awesome. Are Dude, like the pool and the whole, yeah, Bro, butler. It's amazing. I've never seen anything it's like, like a it. a house. Let's Bro. just call it a house. Dude, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I said to my guy, I'm not staying at the fucking garage. Wait till you see these villas. All right, man, one time. I'll try yeah. one fucking time. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, this is fucking nice. Yeah. Um, you know, but I kept going in and out. And I'd come back, play for 40 minutes, win 30 grand, stop, blah, blah, blah. Keep going back and forth. Yeah. I ended up leaving the trip up 88 grand. Well, I was only there for three days, but I played, um, I only played like a total of like an hour and 12 minutes. Which they hate. Exactly. They want like five hours a day, right? And it, and it wasn't a consecutive hour and 12 minutes. It was like eight minutes, right. 14 minutes. Like, yeah. So they mark me as a fucking advantage yeah. player. Dana has the same issue. Dude. Same problem. Well, usually that implies that you're counting cards. Right. And they know I wasn't counting cards. They called me an advantage player because I'm playing like fucking that. So now think about that. 
If the casino is calling you an advantage player and doesn't want your fucking action and you're not counting cards, money management is the way you could win this fucking game. They're like, yeah. the way that guy fucking plays, right. we will never fucking yeah. win. Because the longer you sit there, it's in their favor. Exactly. Right? And if you're just disciplined and smart enough to get up. So I tell people yeah. this shit all the time. Bro, you know, I don't bother counting cards or even learning it. Because you're getting like a one or two percent advantage, you can still fucking lose. Just like yeah. you could win when it's there. Just the casino's advantage isn't that one or two percent. The yep. casino's advantage is they have more money than you. So if you don't look at it that way, yep. and just here's my pile of fucking money. Yep. I want it to be a little bit fucking more, and that's it. Hey, let's right. fucking go. Right. But you got dickheads showing up to the fucking casino with a thousand bucks, and then they're up fucking. They turn into eighteen hundred. That's no good for them. Right. I show up with two hundred grand and I turn that motherfucker into three fifty. I'm yeah. having a great fucking day. Right. I'll get the fuck out of there. Right. You know what I mean? But people think they're gonna turn the grand into ten yeah. grand. Yeah. That's like me turning two hundred grand into two million. Yeah. You know how many times I've turned two hundred grand into two million? Zero. Right. Zero fucking times. Right. Okay. And the funny thing is, if they were in the stock market, those same people and yeah. they made ten to twenty percent on their money, they'd yep. be happy. Bro, exactly. And and here's the damn thing, bro. So um, the Palazzo, man, uh, they get enough action over at Venetian and Palazzo. I think Mirage gets no action right now. And that's why they put me at advantage. Yeah. The Palazzo sees me do this shit all the fucking time. They know who I am. They're still giving me the great fucking suite. Yeah. Now there's probably some people sitting in the back room. Wait, John won 14 out of 14 times coming here last year? Literally. And the, wow. Yeah, anywhere from 20 grand to 250 grand I've won there. Every What's fucking your visit. average and, bet? Can, do you mind saying? Yeah. Um, Plaza has me at 3,500. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. healthy. So yeah. I usually start off play, playing a grand. What do they cap you at? Um, I could play... Well, it depends on the casino. Um, I'm pretty sure Palazzo will let me do 15 grand and 15 grand. Um, two hands? Yeah. yeah. Do you like playing two hands? Um, no, I, I don't. Not, I will never play it for that max amount either. Bahamas has me three grand, three hands at ten grand each, but I um, what I usually do is almost always I'll, I'll take out thirty grand or twenty to thirty grand out of my marker, yeah, and I'll start betting a grand a hand, yeah. Usually that turns into two grand relatively quickly. Then the doubles and the splits and everything else. Yeah. Then if I get fucking hot, boom, three grand, three grand, three grand. That's how you fucking win, man. Right. You get going, you win a couple doubles. Now you go four grand, hit three of those in a row. Then you keep going. Now you lost a hand. Okay, stop. Fucking look at your money. Count where you're at. Bro, I, you're going to love. Have you met Dana be, yet? Have no, you met Dana? You know you're going to love Dana because you guys sound the same, man. Really? You, yeah. Like he, he's always on me uh, mm -hmm. like a couple nights ago, you know, because I'm like, sometimes I just get, you get that, uh, you know, yep. the adrenaline going and, right. and aggressive. And he's like, dude, you fire away too much sometimes. Like just fucking take a minute. Yeah. Count the, take inventory. What's going on? Where yep. are we at? How much are we up? But he's crazy, bro. I saw a, a, <laughs> I, I saw a clip where he doubled down on sixty grand, and he had a, a six and a four against a jack. Yeah, he'll I, double on ten. I, was that real? Long. Yeah, that's real, hundred percent. He made me do it last night. Double on ten against the ten. Yeah. He, um, Cuckoo. I used to, yeah. Dana, you're a fucking yeah. crazy man. Yeah. Where's the camera? Am um, I looking at the camera? Yeah. He'll also <laughs> jump. Fuck you. He also splits all pairs, not ten. <laughs> But okay. he'll split all pairs because he's also trying to get around the limitations they place on him. Uh, gotcha. So, he, like, for example, like at Red Rock, his limit is 30K a okay. hand. He can play two hands at 30K each. Doesn't so, he, like, 
Isn't it his business partners that own yeah, isn't Red that Rock? I keep forgetting to ask so, him like, about, fucking like, trade like, money? Like, aren't you guys all business yeah, together? Like, if he wins 100 grand, does he send Frank and Lorenzo a text like, fucking got you? Does, does he do that? Like, I don't know. That's freaking funny. Yeah. And like at Mandalay uh, or Caesars or Bellagio, I think those are the only other three he can play at. Okay. Uh, 75 grand a hand. Okay. Uh, two hands max at 75 each. But if he wins both those hands, like if he walks up and he bets 75 grand each hand, he wins both hands, like he quits. Yeah, he's done. He's he done. He yeah. might take a break for an hour, shoot to shit, have some drink. Well, he doesn't drink anymore, but, you know, just uh, hang okay. out with friends, whatever. Yeah. Then he might go back for a round two. Um, so but he'll this- take a break. <clears throat> so do you know you know Tim Bader, Tim bounce back? Sure. Yeah. So I was I was out with him when in West Hollywood once explaining this story and he mm-hmm. told me exactly what you just said. He goes, dude, you yeah. gamble you gamble just like Dana, verbatim what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you ever go like you've got Hollywood Park Casino in LA? Yeah. Do you go to any of those places? It's I haven't. Different, right? Dude, I, it's I, not the same. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet, man. I gotta tell you though, every time I go to it, my friends uh is uh one of my friends is engaged to one of the people that's in the family of um the family that owns the uh chargers yeah so i'll go to chargers game oh you're right there yeah exactly so i I see it i see it right there and we were actually we're actually just at a beyonce concert it was fucking awesome and i'm looking at like there's a casino in the parking lot let's go did not go though have not stepped foot in that place have not stepped foot in that place do you play poker at all <clears throat> I will do. I don't do. like you have the patience for poker. I don't like to do it at a casino, bro. I, re- I really fucking don't. Okay, you'll do like a home game. Yeah, if some guys are having, you know, watch a game, have poker bro, night, whatever. Brother, I used to do poker games all the time when I was younger, high school and college. Then ESPN fucking ruined it for everybody by putting World Series of Poker on TV. When Chris Moneymaker made yeah. it fucking famous, dude. That's, that's when I jumped in, bro. Everybody, everybody <laughs> learned how to fucking play. <laughs> Yeah, I played casually in high school, whatever. When Moneymaker won and I saw, like, a regular guy could do it, yeah. fucking sign me up. Between Every- rounders and then yeah. Chris Moneymaker, but I'm in. See? Exactly. And see, rounders, okay. Was before it's time. It was 98. Exactly. Yeah. And I everything they were talking about on rounders, I already fucking knew all that shit, yeah. dude. Probabilities and everything. I yeah. already knew all that shit, yeah. okay? But when Moneymaker came out and ESPN started broadcasting, everybody fucking became experts. <laughs> and my edge just went away. <laughs> my edge just went away, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's funny. And what about, uh, like, roulette, craps? Do you, do you fuck with any of those games or no? Yeah, dude, craps is my game. Or really? To, yeah, it used to be. It used to be. I'm more blackjack the last couple of years because I've been crushing it. Um, craps crap. for me is so hard to leave with money because you can get so caught up in just betting. I can, I'm, I'm addicted to betting on yeah. like high low. <laughs> like it's good for one roll <laughs> thirty to one. Like a fucking degenerate. Um, <laughs> I could look. I can. I could look at a craps table and tell you the advantage on every bet. Every bet on really? the table. Really? Yeah, with the casinos the edges, and maybe not to the exact percentage, but I could tell you how to figure it out and just conceptually how, how to visualize it. Because all you got to remember on a craps table is that there's 36 combinations of the dice. So, so whatever you're betting on, how many combinations are there yeah. of those? that you win on and how many conversation combinations are there of those that you lose on. Right. And always remember that the seven is a loser for most, most bets. Yeah. And there's six combinations of a seven. Right. So if you want to bet on the hard four, all right, there's only one combination that's two and two. Okay. So there's six ways to, um, seven is six ways to win or lose. And the two and the two is one way to 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 right. win, right? And that's why you want to bet six and eight always, right? Because there's like at least four four ways, right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. But if the payout's different, okay. But 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 if you bet the hard four, not it pays eight to one, yep. okay. 
But here's the thing, though. There's six combinations of the seven, right? Oh, wait. If on the hard four, you also lose if it comes soft. Right. So you got uh, three and one, yep. and then one and three. Yep. Now we've added two more. They're only paying you whatever that math is. Yep. Anyway, they're, they're, you could figure it out. I think they pay eight to one when it should have came out yeah. to seven to one, or they should be nine to one, and they only pay eight to one. Right. Okay, it doesn't sound like much. That's a big fucking percentage difference, dude, yeah. when there's other bets on the table that they only have a one or 2% advantage on you. Right. You know what I mean? So you'll so. play. Do you still play craps? I'll do it sometimes, man. You got to walk to the craps table committed, though, bro. So in blackjack, my rule of thumb is don't even step to the table unless you have 20 times your bet. So if you're betting 100 bucks a hand, don't come unless you have two grand. Okay. okay? Um, craps, not the case because there's too many bets going on. Whatever your increment you're betting in craps is, yeah. you want to have 100 times that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Because there's too much shit going on. Right. And that's also if you take odds. So if, like, if you're betting a hundred bucks on every outcome, like say you're betting a hundred bucks on the pass line and then you place the six and place the eight, say for 90 bucks each yep. or whatever. Um, yeah, dude, you're, that money's going to go fucking fast, yeah. dude. Maybe not a hundred times, but you want to have, I, I mean, yeah, no, a big hefty bank. Actually, no, you would want to have that. If you're betting yeah. like how I just described, you'd want to have yeah. not, not a hundred times 300 but you'd want to have 100 times the 100 dollars increment right, right. which would be 10 grand if you're betting like how i just described you'd want to have 10 grand on you do you do any sports betting um i do i feel like you're a betting football psycho no yeah or? yeah man i do man i i thought i had a fucking system just like everybody else <laughs> i got i got fucking crushed a year ago Didn't listen you? well not really that bad it just became a, a fucking thing where like i'm taking money from the venetian or i'm taking money from bahamar and then coming right. back to chicago and giving half of it to my bookie in chicago what the fuck am i doing this for why am i doing it you know what right. I mean? so just stop just fucking stop um <laughs> But I'll tell you what, man, here, here, here's my advice for, and, and you couldn't do, everyone with the internet now, but guy, by the way, 20 years ago, these bets didn't fucking exist, all right? Yeah. Parlays, all right? Here's how I parlay. You take a, a, a three to six point underdog that you like. Yeah. Put money line on that. Yeah. And then pick it and then parlay it with like the over and the un, or, or the under in the same fucking game, all right? Okay. Usually you do that, you know, Regular bet with the line, regular bet with the over-under would pay 2.6 to 1. So on 100 bucks, you get 260 bucks. okay? Yep. But now say you want that underdog to win outright, so don't even take the points. Do that with an over and under. And if it's like a five-point underdog, you're going to get like, you'll be surprised. Watch what the math comes out to be. You'll get like usually anywhere from four to five to yeah. one, four or five to one. Do you watch Big games every out. Sunday? I do. I do. Yeah, but it's kind of... And you're a Bear, Bears fan all the way? It's brutal right now with the Bears, yeah. though, bro. I ain't going to lie. I am a Cowboys fan, so it's been brutal since fucking 96, 97. Yeah. yeah. It's we, awful. Uh, we thought we had a good uh, a good thing going with Justin Fields, and he won the other night, but uh, I don't know, man. This was supposed to be our year that Justin Fields kind of turns the corner, and Something happens in Chicago with quarterbacks, man. We ruin them. We ruin them. <laughs> Everyone's like, dude, you know, we could have fucking got uh, Patrick Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky a few years ago. Yeah, but here's, and that's true. But you know what, though? Patrick Mahomes would have sucked if we got him. We, we, right. we ruin quarterbacks. We Go ruin ahead. quarterbacks. What are, you, what are you thinking, George? No, I agree with you. Justin Fields fucking sucks. Dude. Even though he's played two good games, I just traded him in our fantasy league, John. Yeah. yeah. Because the hype, right? Like the mm -hmm. hype train. Oh, Justin Fields, he's back. He's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I see you wearing that Clemson shirt, bro. So Justin Fields, I became a big fan of him. I think it was the national championship game or it was the first, or maybe the college playoffs before the national championship, the semifinal possibly. I think it was the national championship. Justin Fields threw a touchdown pass over the Clemson free safety's head, 
And that motherfucker went like 70 yards in the field. Or, or like he threw that thing far. They asked Justin Fields about it in the damn press conference. And uh, they go, what did you think of that play? He goes, I don't, I don't think they thought I could throw it that far. And I'm like, I want that motherfucker on the Bears. But if we get him, we're going to end up ruining him. And there we are. There <laughs> <laughs> we fucking are, bro. And yeah. how about baseball? Is that like watching paint dry for you? Or you'll watch, uh, we're in postseason right now. Are you watching or don't care? I own part of a bar called Old Crow Smokehouse in Wrigleyville in Chicago. Really? Yeah. And it's a really big country western bar. And it's a rooftop, good barbecue place. And it's probably the hottest place in, uh, in Chicago when the Cubs are playing. So I enjoy going to the Cubs games and hanging out on their rooftop. But are you a, other, other than that, I don't really give a fuck about baseball. <laughs> I figured you'd say that. Are you a country western fan? I'm not, you don't man. feel like country western to me. Brother, I got to tell you, man, when these guys that opened it, they had a lot of success with other bars. And they tell me this is like, gosh, it must have been 2013, 2014-ish. They go, hey, man, we're going to bring back country western music and barbecue. And we're going to open this big place in Wrigleyville. And I'm thinking to myself, Dude, because at the time that sounded crazy. That was right. not that was and not going to be murdering cool. It, yeah, right. They were right before it took off. They saw the trend coming, and were one of the first in Chicago to do it. And went pew. Wow, awesome. awesome. That's awesome. It's probably my best investment. A bar is my yeah. best and investment. That's a tough business to make. <clears throat> Brother, I get a fucking check in the mail from them. It's literally mailbox money. Every like six weeks, I get a check. It's fucking awesome. So what's next for you? What uh, I know you have a big event here in Vegas in a, in a few days that I'm yep. a part of. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, but, but we'll get to that in one second. We'll end sure. with that. But what? Uh, five years from now, what's going on with you? Tell me. <sighs> Dude, I, if I had to say something five years from now and pick right this second, um, I really enjoy what I'm doing, John, with the social media, and I enjoy the impact it's making. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. I love the vanity of it, but bigger than that, though, I love the DMs I get and the comments I get where people are saying, dude, you've actually changed my life. People, yeah. people telling me that it wasn't until they saw my posts that they – they, they just took everything like, like how it is. And, yeah. and now they, 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 they quit their job in construction and started general contracting on their own or, or a cop that thought he just had some shitty security side hustle has a whole fucking LLC and they're opening up in multiple fucking cities now. And yeah. he's, he's going to wait till his pensions uh, uh, qualified as a cop. And then he's going to go do this full time. And I get messages like that literally every fucking week. And, um, and I think, um, I think people gravitate towards me because because it's real. I didn't yeah. set out the, to try it's the, to, it's the yeah. no fucks given yeah. uh, attitude. It's just that you made a you made a uh, you uh, you took some shots at, at we won't say the name and I know who it is. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of influencers that are posting like the be your authentic self and authenticity, <laughs> right? And I know I know you know who we're talking about. But um, uh, I thought you were gonna say a different one. I said about the. Uh, Come to my mansion and I'll treat you like you're in prison with a oh. Lamborghini in the background. <laughs> Pay me twenty five grand and I, I'll tell you you yeah. suck. <laughs> the guy you're talking yeah. about is actually a friend of mine. I'm right. not talking about just him. I'm talking yeah, about the yeah, ge- yeah. in general yeah. coaches. Yeah. But, um, uh, but I I do love. I think we do love that you are so real and yeah. that you know it's like Dana, right? Like, right. See, when did you ever see someone in a press conference dropping f bombs before Dana White? Never, right, right. I right. don't even think anyone still does it. Yeah. You know? Um, you would if you were in a press conference for <laughs> sure. Um, it's refreshing to see that. You know what the thing is, man? I, I think a lot of people probably feel the way I do and they just don't say it out loud. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the kind of 
people out there that are influencers and, and, and God bless them. Ultimately, they're working toward even the person I just poked fun at with the, the prison workouts. Yeah. Guy gets out of fucking jail. He's doing something positive. I, sure. I, I kind of feel bad of like poking fun at what he says because he's probably a great guy. I don't know him. He probably doesn't even know who the fuck I am. But I'm just saying like he's he got out of jail. He's doing something positive with his life and is selling these coaching programs. And I don't know why anyone would buy them, but but people are obviously and yeah. and good and, and, and good for them. And and then there's these life coaches that are talking about be your authentic self and blah 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 and, and good for good good for them that they're doing stuff but at the end of the fucking day all those guys are doing this as a career that they need to make money from okay yeah. so they have kind of um handcuffs in what the fuck comes out of their fucking mouth okay yeah. I, I don't have i'm not waiting to get some corporate gig where i'm going to talk at your sales conference so you got some sales coach that thinks corporate america is a bunch of bullshit and everyone should be an entrepreneur he's not going to say that even if he agrees with me even if he's a better speaker than me he's not going to say that shit right because he wants to get the keynote at the fucking um sony executive dinner right. in hawaii next year where they pay him 75 grand right I, I don't give a fuck. Right. I really fucking don't. <laughs> if they want me to come talk at that, I would. Right. I'll do it for 50. Fuck, call me. You right. know what I mean? But I don't know why I said Sony either, by the way. It doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, so I, I, think, I think people do kind of like gravitate towards that. So anyway, my, my, whole, my whole thing, and this kind of actually goes full circle into, in the point I was making and answering your question, is in five years, I would like to, John, be in a position where I where I could reach more more people, and if it's in the form of public speaking, so be it. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck's gonna hire me for it <laughs> because of everything we just said. I think they will. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We're gonna talk about the thing in Vegas right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I, talk about that. I, well, I, well, it moves into this because yeah. everybody else that does like masterminds and whatever, it's usually some kind of third party that brings in celebrities to come talk at that. Because they have some kind of business or some kind of class or some kind of a course or university that they're doing, well, then they need Tim Grover to come in, or or you see, um, um, fuck Kevin O'Leary from you know you'll see these big names on this shit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Mark Cuban's talking. Well, they pay those guys because ultimately they have a course that they're selling and there's some kind of upsell or whatever. And nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. But why would they need those people to fill the room to sell them this course? Why do they have to build sales funnels to do that? Right. What I'm doing is not that. What I'm doing is, hey, here's what I'm doing. It's on Instagram. Hey, I got some cool speakers coming in like John Orlando and some other guys. And, and there's cool shit happening. But I'm just curating a good room. There is no sales funnel out there. There is no marketing of this. Right. It's literally people that saw it on my fucking Instagram. Yeah. And then when people like you have shared it, it's, it's been helpful. Yeah. But the core is, is, is this. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I think, John... That's the only way I'm going to get an audience. Yeah. If I build my fucking own following and build yeah. my own shit. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone's bringing me in to fucking speak. <laughs> you know what I mean? They will eventually. Yeah, maybe. They maybe. will. Well, when, once they find out I could fucking fill a room by my motherfucking self. They, yeah. You know, oh, not only are we going to have John speak, he's going to bring 200 fucking people. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd hire me too. How has it been getting recognized when you're out and about? I mean, I'm sure it's happening now like crazy, right? Like when you're in Vegas for, for a weekend, do you have tons of people coming up to you? Brother, I just did the fucking shit in uh, the, the autograph show I just told you about that I did in um, Chicago. You had Justin Fields there. You had Mike Singletary there. You had Zach Thomas there. You had Richard Dunn, the refrigerator William Perry, yeah. Marcus Allen, Ladanian Tomlinson, yeah. Charlie Sheen. They had the whole cast wow. of the whole cast of Major League was there, bro. And uh, I shit you fucking not, a few people came up to me 
asking me for fucking pictures with me. They said they came from me because they saw it on my Instagram that's and they, awesome. they came to meet me. So once that started happening about a few months ago and uh, that's kind of when I knew like got something here. Yeah. Well, yeah. man, this was a lot of fun. Um, uh, this weekend, I can't wait. wait it's this weekend, right? It's Friday, yeah. yeah, it's Friday the 13th. Yeah. Ooh, I um, and I didn't realize that when I booked it. It's Friday the 13th. And you, it's actually at the Trump, too. I, I don't know. It. I feel like I a lot it. of a lot of things could go wrong. You want to tease who's going to be there? Some names? Some, some yeah, man. Yeah. So um, I got uh, the person that I got in, that Newport Beach Marriott deal, a fellow named Josh Childress, who played in the NBA for 15 years. He has a black-owned real estate company in Orange County. Um, he played on the... Um, and the Atlanta Hawks for a while, and uh, really just a great dude. He's one of he's one of my uh, guest speakers, Randy Couture, Randy the Natural Couture, yeah. UFC legend. Him and Dana are really good friends, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they have a, a little difference in opinion uh, going for a exactly. while. Yeah. So, so if I meet Dana tonight, let's not bring up that I'm friends with Randy. Definitely okay, don't do that. like yeah. leave that out. Okay? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, funny when Dana w came on the podcast last I year. Up, we weren't thinking, you know, George dresses the set, whatever, oh, and no. and he had the Randy Couture bobblehead. No. It's in the box right there. No, he right behind. John McCarthy, I guess he Dana has beef with him. Uh, yeah, and like they, they were front and center right here. And oh my god! Like, oh, I see you got my favorites here. And we were like, oh fuck, dude, like, that's fucking hilarious. Well, yeah. when I, me and Bob Mattery are our buddies, <laughs> me and Mattery started fucking around with each other. And yeah. he goes, dude, do you ever need any help? I'll, I'll you know help you pump up your podcast or whatever. So I call, I call, hey, hey, post this one. It's like a UFC shit. So he goes to post it on his story. And he goes, dude, it's Randy Couture in your pocket. You can't post that one. <laughs> I, I didn't realize Bob and Dana were buddies yeah. at that point. Or yeah. uh, does Dana say by him and Bob are buddies, or, or is, is, is that just Bob's side of the story? No, they're, they're, they're buddies. buddies. They're buddies. They, I yeah. was just with Bob and Dana like maybe four or five nights ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They've had a, they've had their ups and downs, whatever. I think they're on the up right now. But another guy got coming, and, and again, I'm not doing this because of the celebrity status of these people. Okay, Randy has a very fucking interesting story. A lot of it has to do with Dana and him being an OG in the UFC and then the yeah. UFC coming in and ownership changing and, and how then Randy went over to Asia to fight. And there's a lot of dynamics there. It's all business related shit. Josh Childress, yeah, he played in the NBA, but he has a lot of cool stuff that he's doing in private equity in the real estate space. Another person I got coming is I Icky Woods. Remember the Icky Shuffle back in the day? Exactly. So went I'm, to UNLV, right? Icky Woods. That's UNLV royalty yeah. right there. Boom, exactly. So, and that's part of the reason that uh, it, was, it was easy to get him. He likes coming back to Las Vegas. Yeah. And, and, and these are all people like in my network. Okay. It's not like I just randomly went through some agent to find these people. Right. Icky's coming because he has a foundation that he built in memory of his 14 year old son yeah. that, um, that died because they didn't have a backup freaking asthma inhaler at his freaking school. So, so I, I, I'm not bringing people necessarily because of the celebrity of them. I'm bringing them because they have a freaking cool story. And at the end of the day, it's not just the content. This is a networking event. Yeah. So I've really tried to fill that room with 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 some cool people. I I got a dude that I want to introduce you to, man. He he actually went to high school with me, but he's a professional axe thrower. Did you know there's a professional axe throwing no. league? Exactly. <laughs> so he owns a facility. He's Love ranked it. in the world as a pro axe thrower. So we just got we got some cool shit, man. Yeah. I, I got I got another guy that's that's uh um a big real estate developer. I mean, there's there's just really cool people, cool people yeah. involved here. Um 
And I think it's going to be a great time, man. I can't wait, man. It's yeah. been great getting to know you on Instagram for maybe a year now or whatever it's yeah, been. right. And uh, thank you for making me a part of the event. And thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, I know, George, everybody here was all geeked up when I told them that you were coming in today. Let's go. Uh, that's why you had the hallway full of people waiting for you to, <laughs> to get here, uh, even like though they it. were done with their show. And uh, this was a blast, man. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, brother. All right, gang. We'll see you next time. George is getting in the show right now. He does that thing. Yeah.